This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to a special edition of the Rocking Cast. For this episode, I'm going to cover the recent arrest of 21-year-old National Guardsman Jack Texera, who recently disclosed classified information relating to the Ukraine conflict to a gaming group, and he and some other 21-year-old dudes like evidently had some sort of gaming group that they participated in on the platform Discord, and they were kind of like these thuggish gamers that disclose national secrets. And I felt it was necessary to do a special edition of the Rockney cast because I am not seeing anyone raise these salient points related to this disclosure. I'm not seeing the information on mainstream media outlets regarding what was disclosed. And I'm going to kind of provide a counterpoint as to what my view of Jack Texera is. Um, that I think he, in fact, may be Daniel Ellsberg, the famous leaker of the Pentagon Papers, or that is more likely to say uh, that he is kind of like, I think it's a fair comparison um, that's already kind of come out. And, of course, the mainstream media from institutions like the New York Times and Slate say Ellsberg's totally different, no connection, nothing to see here. And then I'm going to do a big picture kind of slam on the Dems. Um, when did they become the party of war without asking any question and just these blind freaking followers doing whatever the government goddamn tells them to do? Um, you know, I, I, I read, and it's on RT.com. This is the Russian state-affiliated media. But, you know... Tell me if it's not true, um, but this should be easily verifiable if it's not true, that in fact, the New York Times not only didn't protect the source of information related to these leaks, they actually collaborated with the government to find the leaker. So New York Times was actually in on, as reported by the RT.com website, which is the state-affiliated media of Russia, that in fact, not only did they not protect him, but they actually partnered with the government to find the source and out him and basically to tell him to go fuck himself and go to jail because they don't really give a shit about getting information out to the public or any meaningful debate on the Ukraine war. Um, why we're on the cusp of engaging in the first armed conflict ever in the history of the United States with a nuclear armed power, um, what the security justification is, all these various topics we're going to come, because this is an important issue. And though I'm not trying to be some, you know, random fear monger, I've just not even seen the debate. I, I've seen uh, one national commentator, Tucker Carlson, seems relatively skeptical of what's going on in Ukraine. There have been some other voices that have said, we've got to hit the pause button, but for the most part, 
If you look at CNN, if you look at NPR, if you look at MSNBC, or NBC.news, or CBS News, ABC, all the mainstream media outlets are not raising any significant questions. And they're basically blindly following the state view, which is not that Russia's a nice guy. No one's claiming, I'm not claiming he's a nice guy, but what the, what the state-supported media view is, is that if we don't defend Ukraine, we're next. So if we don't stop them in the Donbass region, tomorrow we could find Russian agents in New York about ready to take over our country. I mean, that's kind of the, that's the argument. They're using Munich. They're using, you know, if we if we don't stop them here, they're going to take over the world. That, that, as far as I can tell, that's the argument. And I think that is an insane argument. And I think whatever degree that argument is true, um, I don't think it outweighs whatever, if, even if there is some merit to that argument, I think it's far outweighed by the risk of the first nuclear exchange that we've had um, between two nuclear armed powers since 1945, which was not even exchange. The last time nuclear weapons were used were by the United States. That's behind the scope of this episode. Um, but we're going to sort of dive into these issues because this is all identified by this um, and raised by the recent arrest of Jack Texera. So I think this should be a good and current episode on current events and politics. And yeah, I'm going to slam Dems, uh, but I'm also going to slam mainstream Republicans too because they're kind of going along with the Dems. They're not really cautioning. There's a few that are pushing there's a few peace-loving Republicans out there that are, are raising some questions. But as far as I can tell, mainstream Republicans are faring much better there. And of course, I accept that, you know, may, maybe you're all right. And I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So, but I don't think I am. I think we're raising some good points. And I think it's really brought up by the arrest of Jack Tixera. So for this episode, we're going to cover the arrest, kind of my first impression of that. A little bit about what he actually leaked and, you know, whether it's such a big deal or not. A little bit of the government's response. And a little bit into Daniel Ellsberg, you know, that nerd that disclosed all of these Vietnam War Pentagon papers part of the Vietnam War, trying to alter the trajectory of the Vietnam War. And I think it is more like Daniel Ellsberg than the experts over at Slate to the NY Times would lead us to believe. And we're going to get a little bit of the big big picture as to how the Dems became so focused on war. So the first, first flush reaction to this arrest is I think it has to send a chill down your spine. Is As far as I can tell, there's no indication whatsoever that this particular 21-year-old, uh, you know, was, was, had a ton of guns had an army or militia behind him, that he was any more dangerous than any other person that would be arrested um, for this type of offense. But yet what we actually saw um, were apparently soldier-looking guys, a whole squad of soldiers with a tank brandishing machine guns to, invention, to, to arrest him while he was uh, sitting on a back porch. And, and to me, 
if you're comfortable with Joe Biden and Merrick Garland for using this type of force, and it's not only because he's a 21-year-old white kid, I'd feel the exact same way if the guy was black, if he was Arab, if he was, don't turn it into anything about that. That's to set a chill down your spine about the way the government is abusing our, our people. And we at least got to have a debate and we have to raise these questions. Um, and so that's kind of my first blush response to this is, was that really necessary? Number two, um, you know, the question with any leaker case is, is, you know, these assholes in charge always talk about, well, if, if you reveal the, the sources and methods of the discussions that we've had, uh, a lot of spies are going to be arrested. There's going to be lives on the line and we're going to lose, we're going to lose men in the field. Uh, see, or uh, just, just shut up and there's nothing to see here. And I've also tried to use some of the techniques like, well, some of it's true and some of it's false. And they all think we're dumb enough to believe that. Uh, they haven't identified which parts are true, by the way. They haven't identified which parts are false. That's just kind of the narrative that's out there, which I think more and more, um, sometimes I do wonder, I think we do an episode about whether Biden is a Sith Lord. I think he's more and more like they're, they're Sidious as far as I can tell. So first off, no one's disputing that, and, and it, it remains to be seen. I, I, the other kind of initial reaction that I've had, one of the reasons why I consulted RT News, is that if you go through basically all the mainstream media outlets, um, you kind of got to do some digging to find out in broad brushstrokes what was even disclosed. They said national security was affected. Uh, they've talked in general about some of the vagaries that was disclosed. Um, but some of this, you know, absolutely was not, on its face, not related to spying or military operations. You know, there was that SNL skit with Norman Schwarzkopf before the Gulf War One, where he'd do these press conferences and he'd get these idiot reporters saying, you know, Norman, you know, this is an SNL skit. Where, where are we going to, what, what's going to be the first day of our battle plans? What are we going to do that? Say, uh, what kind of guns are we going to use? So, look, as more and more of this comes out in terms of actually what was and was not disclosed, obviously, if there are battle plans that are disclosed, by all means, you know, we want to protect that. If there are spies, we don't want American spies that are working in good faith for the United States' interest. Certainly don't want their identities disclosed or anyone's to come in harm way. So, you know, he is going to have to, and that's the other thing I'm going to talk about is that you know, ultimately, he is going to have to pay the price, this Jack Texera, if he's found guilty in a court of law and if he had the requisite intent and he did the things that they say he did, doesn't look good for him, he's going to have to pay a price. But a lot of this information, I think, is absolutely fair game for the public to know. We have an absolute right to know. For example, um, one of the things that has come out is that there are a number of special forces of the United States operating in Kiev right now um, with France, United Kingdom, and the United States to the tune of 30 to 50 apiece, um, which is significant. That is, we should know that. That doesn't disclose sources and methods. That doesn't disclose, all that says is that we uh, have belligerents, we have soldiers, and that's easily identifiable as a belligerent act. 
And we, the people of the United States, do have absolutely a right to know that. And to that extent, I'm glad that uh, Mr. Texera disclosed that, um, especially where it relates to a conflict with a nuclear armed power. Why wasn't that disclosed before? Uh, they also talk about, you know, Biden. Think about what Biden's doing here. He considers this so important. I hear all the bleeding heart Dems complain about, oh, the government isn't providing for its people. and not providing affordable housing. They're not providing health care. The government has solved all our problems. Well, it, it, if the government really wanted to solve our problems instead of giving $100 billion to the Ukraine, what could we do for the border? What could we do for health care? What could we do for Medicaid? Uh, what could we do to provide housing and jobs for our people rather than for the people of Ukraine um, in terms of military expenditures? And, I, and by the way, I want to make absolutely clear, this is not against the people of Ukraine. I have no doubt that they're that they have a cause the question is whether it's our cause and that they should we should supply them with humanitarian aid to ensure that you know their basic needs can be met um, but the question is what's in it for us and i think that case has been close to been made so well biden is spending all of his time all of his energy hundreds of billions of dollars a year other details that have come out through this report um, were that egypt is supplying or what had intentions to supply munitions to Russia. Oh, really? Um, we supply we supply Egypt like a couple bill couple billion dollars a year in military aid. It's kind of a big fucking deal, and we, we should know that. I mean, if if they're outlining and they're now now if we don't trust them, and we're, we're trying to save their ass, that's fine. I, I think Egypt has legitimate security interests in their estate that believes in stability. So I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence on that. But bottom line is, we have to know that China was supplying Russia, um, uh, potentially going to supply arms to Russia, and we also had evidence of a leak that was provided by um, a potential spying on the South Korean people and. An effort to do kind of this switcheroo with arms from South Korea to the United States and would be supplied to Kiev. And evidently, South Korea has a rule and a law, I don't know if it's in the Constitution or what the hell's going on with that, but to not supply arms to foreign powers that are engaged in armed conflict, which to me is an absolutely sensitive policy that should be followed. It also shows the United States is trying to get Israel involved in this war, um, but they've officially maintained a neutral policy as they should, as the United States should. None of that involves sources and methods. None of that involves risk to the American people um, or risk to any troops. This, these are policy decisions, and the United States is not being transparent about that, um, and in fact that they're spying on foreign governments. And this gets me to my next question, is that as we sort through this information, why the hell aren't the mainstream media outlets reporting more of this? Um, they're obviously reporting the arrest, but no one's talking about the details. Um, I did find, again, on RT.com, state-supported media of Russia, that the New York Times actually, they're, abide, they're abiding by requests um, by the United States government, not supply information. And at least this is, there's a report out here potentially that the Times uh, not only was not um, was not disclosing information that they've uncovered some of the details, 
But they actually collaborated with a belling cat, an open source intelligent outfit, to identify him. So they're actually working with the government for purposes of identifying uh, the leaker of this particular information. So the question is, is, is Tahera, Texera, whatever the hell his name is, Jack Tahera, is he a hero or is he a villain or is he just kind of this incompetent, you know, testosterone-driven gamer that's just trying to like, you know, get a hard on while disclosing classified information to show what a big deal he is. I mean, there's a picture of him in his uniform. It looks like he's trying to do a, you know, a photo for like a dating site or something like that. Um, so what what is he? Is he Daniel Ellsberg? Is he this incompetent, bumbling fool that accidentally disclosed all this shit and was like, whoops? Or is he kind of like a dude gamer that's like, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a somebody. I got access to all this shit. Well, my early sort of first draft impression is he's a lot like fucking Daniel Ellsberg. He's a fucking hero. I like Jack the Jack Texera. Um, he is a fucking hero, and I think we should honor the current, and, and everyone's assumed, they've all said, oh, he's not Daniel Ellsberg. As we recall, Daniel Ellsberg was the guy who disclosed the lead-up of the United States government into the Vietnam War and how key pieces of information was withheld as we had this huge buildup. And now he's considered a hero, and at the time, he had certain people among the left that considered him a hero. A lot of people considered him a traitor. He was actually going to be tried. It eventually got dismissed, I think, because Nixon tried to intervene. It was too contaminated. After a while, we all realized Vietnam was, was won. And he's gone down in the history books as this great hero. And the initial reactions to the Jack Texera arrest are, oh, he's no Daniel Ellsberg. No way. He, Ellsberg was a hero. Texera is just a gamer with no motive. Well, first off, for the media, um, kind of my first question, well, well, how the hell do you know? Um, what, what, what's your impression that he's just totally incompetent that he had no idea that what he was doing? I've seen some reports that says perhaps he was anti-war. Um, I've seen some reports indicates that uh, he actually did want to provide information to the American public. I mean, did you know that there were already special forces deployed um, in Ukraine? And the as far as I can tell, there's been no declaration of war on the part of the United States that we're potentially already engaged in hostilities. Um, it gets into the details of the types of um, missiles that are being provided to the Ukraine. Um, this should be subject to debate. We should be debate. We should know this. Um, this is the first time in the history of the world in which potentially two nuclear powers are potentially going to go to a hot conflict with seemingly no debate and most pathetically, no debate on the left. And of course, there's always the justification, you know, that's offered. Well, you're kind of an idiot. You don't need to know. Government needs to protect its secrets. I think what's crazy about that, I mean, of course, yeah, there's, there's stuff the government has to keep secret. But the crazy thing about that for me is that that's coming from the fucking left. They're the ones arguing this. And you're just blindly following the government. And as far as we can tell, Biden isn't even running this damn thing. I mean, he, he can't even put two words together. And he's being led. There's some dark freaking forces here. And we don't have any details. So I do think he's like uh, Daniel Ellsberg. Um, and we'll see how this is the first draft of the history that's going to be written on this thing. And we'll see how it comes out. But we don't know, because as far as I can tell, um, 
Texera has not issued any manifestos or anything like that. The fact that it was a gamer, he's 21 years old, or maybe that's how maybe how this next generation of rebels do it. Um, but but at least so far, I'm certainly glad that he did. And I celebrate his act of courage. And so I'm leaning on the side that he did act with somewhat of a heroic motive so that we the people could have information uh, before we rush into our conflict with uh, the Russian population, who is, um, they have about 6,000 nuclear armed warheads. That's not a good idea. So why do I think another reason why this is so close to Vietnam, why it's more like an Ellsberg than just kind of this, you know, on the one end, the Ellsberg, the heroic leaker, and maybe a little bit more of him as Edward Snowden, the government spying on us, um, as opposed to just kind of this incompetent hack guy that's just trying to get laid basically by disclosing all this information. I think this uh, is more like Vietnam than we care to admit. And I, and I think here's why. Why is it similar to Vietnam? Well, first off, we see Vietnam through the lens of what we knew happened, right? It's kind of look, like looking back at Germany well, we know what happened, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. But what did it look like in 1933? <clears throat> what was the magnitude of our understanding as the likelihood that those things would happen? Now, the experts would say, oh, well, we all knew that, that was going to happen. Well, we had reason to be concerned, but um, how much did we know? And in the case of Vietnam, there was no real uh, serious debate that began to emerge until... 66, 67, you know, some of you baby boomers can maybe help me out with that. But that's kind of when the campuses started getting really jammed up. And then as we get closer to 68, 69, the hippie movement kind of really explodes. In the early 70s, it really hits sort of full flower. We get Kent State, we get some of these sorts of things. But in 19, you know, in the mid-1950s, after the French were expelled in 1954, essentially there was a peace settlement, I believe, where they identified the 17th um, latitude was kind of this dividing line, uh, internationally recognized border between North Vietnam and South Vietnam. The United States had a, a peace guarantee or a security guarantee to the people of South Vietnam. And a lot of people say, oh, Vietnam is totally different. I mean, what the hell do you know? Well, at the, at the initial stages of this particular conflict in North Vietnam, it had a lot of similarities. Got a situation where we claim on behalf of South Vietnam that they were peace-loving, democratically elected, you know, good guys. And North Vietnam were the bad guys. They were internationally sponsored. They were evil. They were trying to take over the country. Um, they were the aggressors. They were the belligerents. And we were just simply trying to protect the good people of South Vietnam for democracy. That sound familiar? Um, it's also familiar in that, you know, our initial stage, we didn't really get involved significantly in terms of combat troops in 1965. The Green Beret, does that sound familiar? It was really the early 60s where Kennedy started, you know, certain training uh, Green Beret that were not involved in hostilities. They were just, quote unquote, trainers. Well, what the hell are these uh, special forces doing in Vietnam, are you just kind of like playing cards, hanging out, drinking a little Ukrainian vodka, you know, going, going to the strip clubs? No, I mean, they're training. They're training advisors. We don't know 
level of hostility uh, that they're actually uh, that they're, they're doing. We do know that they're, and I believe another thing that was leaked is that there's been certain acts of sabotage on the part of Ukraine to the, to the Russian people. That also really hasn't been widely disclosed. So all these things, like in retrospect, now we know that Vietnam isn't necessarily, um, you know, we know what happened, right? That it turns out that, wait a minute, the reason why I think this is more like Vietnam than, say, the Munich is that uh, ultimately the whole basis upon which we fought Vietnam was that if we don't stop, defend South Vietnam, you'd have the domino theory. And the rest of Southeast Asia would fall. The Philippines would go communist. You know, then you would have all East Asia become communist. Maybe Japan would fall. Who the hell knows? You know, what happened after Vietnam fell? Nothing. <laughs> Zilch. You know, there, you know, there were some issues that occurred. Um, eventually, Vietnam got involved in a brief conflict with China in 1978-79. But for the most part, all the things that they told us would happen vis-a-vis, you know, other international states, almost none of those horrible things happened. And uh, as we built up our forces in Vietnam, we did it gradually. And we did it little by little by little by little without almost any debate. Well, why don't we have that debate? Because the Pentagon and the government lied to us. Not me, I wasn't even born then, but lied to the American people. They did not give them information. It did not involve, but a lot of times they do these red herrings, sources and methods, uh, you know, disclose the names of spies. They're all gonna die. No, no one's talking about that. I mean, if any sources and methods came out that they can actually identify and any names of spies that they can identify and, you know, if, if Americans in the field are going to actually die. But if we have battle plans that Ukraine is supplying to us and they're updating us on that, we're kind of redacting, uh, you know, redirecting or consulting with the United States at what point does that? I mean, they're an acting as if they're an agent, you know. So if you know, if you have a criminal law case, and you have the guy that's firing the gun, the guy that gives the guy the gun, knowing what the other guy's going to do with it, is as equally responsible as the guy that uses the gun, assuming that person knows it. And regardless of whether, whatever how just or cause is. Um, let's assume you guys are all right, that there's this great cause for this. The reality is, is that by supplying all these arms, and now that this leak has documented the degree of coordination, we're directing signals intelligence, we're providing coordinates for battlefields, we're developing their battle plans. They're either acting as an agent of the United States in this conflict, or the United States is directly involved in the form of small numbers of special forces units that are acting, we don't know um, to the degree in which they're engaged in the active um, hostilities. And for what? It appears quite clear after Russia realized they could not defeat the, the entire country of Ukraine, that they basically want the eastern provinces of Ukraine, Russian speaking, um, mostly. And you know the thought process that if you give them these territorial concessions is only going to invite more aggression. My response to that is, is to whatever degree that's a legitimate argument, it's far outweighed 
you have to be near sure that if you don't stop them there, that they're going to be in Berlin, you know, the next day. And the reason why I think that's such an inane argument is, number one, it has to assume that Russia is going to attack Poland, uh, a NATO ally, and they're not dumb. They're not suicidal. They know they can't win that particular conflict. So this notion they're going to be able to do that. Second, they still have the resources to do at this point. They're, they're fielding felons. And number three, right now, they just not have the military capability to hold and control the entire country of Ukraine. I think that they realize that very quickly. And they think that we're all a bunch of idiots that can't figure out that for, herself, for, for, the, for ourselves. Um, and instead, they're withholding information. And surprisingly, the downs are these huge war cheerleaders. Uh, the only peace advocates that I can are the ones that have demonstrated any skepticism have been Republicans, the Freedom Caucus. I'm just reporting the facts. I wish a lot more Dems had the guts to speak out on this, but they don't. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the cause is certainly just. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Vladimir Putin, but this is an armed conflict between two states, one of which was part of the former state only 30 years ago. And so that's another reason why I think it is similar to um, Daniel Ellsberg and his disclosure of the Pentagon Papers, because Vietnam, North Vietnam, did not view South Vietnam as a separate country. They viewed it as part of their own country, just as Russia views its historical claims with Ukraine and and does not like uh, the degenerate Western culture in the form of Joe Biden uh, to encroach its borders. So it's, it's defended itself. And it's acting out as any man would. It's, it's protecting its territory. It's protecting its turf and standing up for its people. Um, and you can you can either take that for what it's worth or not, but he's been around for 30 years. And I think obviously Putin does have a degree of popular support there. I'm not some big Russian troll. Trust me, they're not giving me money to say this. This is the way that I actually uh, think on this. So, you know, I don't report to have all the answers on here. You know, Socrates, you know, describes truth as, just, as simply asking a series of questions uh, to continue to get to even closer to the truth, but each question only leads to another question. That's what I'm really trying to do is why aren't we as a, as a country having more of a debate about the, the, the percentage likelihood that if we don't defend the Donbass region, what, it, what, what is the number that's given? in terms of the, the likelihood that Russia would invade Western Europe, for example. <clears throat> it's not as if Western Europe can't protect itself. They're backed by NATO. So why that would be the case, it, that there's no debate. There's no questions. We have a situation where the Democratic Party now is openly supporting war. They don't say that, but you can have peace tomorrow. And instead, they're aiding and abetting essentially a stalemate which tens of thousands of people would die. Uh, and, you know, Ukraine is free to chart their own uh, national story and defend themselves. Um, but the question is, what have they ever done for the United States? Have they defended us? Have they gone to war for us? Um, you know, what they did in World War II, that was under the umbrella of the Soviet Union. Um, what, what, what's in it for the United States? I'm not convinced that there's one interest, especially where... We have our own borders to protect. We have our own people to support. We have our own um, dignity to uphold. And that is what the United States has always done. And I am 100% pro-United States, but not 
uh, degenerates like Joe Biden, and I think anyone who voted for them really needs to check their own um, judgment on that. And this is really brings me full circle back to this question of Jack Texera. Um, I think he's a hero. I guess that's my punchline. Um, you know, was he just some kind of incompetent gamer? Um, I, you know, I again, we'll see. I, I doubt that. I doubt he's supplying lists of, you know, where America's soldiers are located. It seems most of the stuff is just actually really embarrassing the United States. That's something that we, the people, should know about anyway uh, before we go to the brink of a potential nuclear exchange with the Soviet, or not Soviet, in this case, Russia. Um, and we need to know, we have a right to know, we have a right to know whether we're asking South Korea to launder um, guns through us. You know, that should be done openly. And if your position is, oh, the government needs to keep secret call, well, that's your position. State it out loud, state it publicly, Dems, you're on the part of the police state. The, the, the level of force that was used against Jack Texera, the, the, the tanks, and military armor that was used, what was the threat assessment that was done on that basis? That, that's kind of scary. Um, the seemingly liberal media making no objection to this and blindly following the government. I hardly found any critical pieces of Ukraine policy with the exception of Tucker Carlson. Again, point to me some other ones where there's open criticism of Biden's incompetent policy on this, but I haven't seen it. And so there should be a debate. We're a free and open country, at least I think we still are. Um, and we should be able to talk about these things. I think we have special forces. We have an absolute right to know. Our Constitution requires the Congress only as the power to declare war. There's an exception to that on the War Powers Act. If there's a threat to the United States and he's not able to consult with the uh, United States Congress, he can deploy American troops. That is the president. But that has not been shown to an emergency. This has been going on for over a year. Um, he's doing all the sorts of uh, funding for this war while making us weaker and making us look even more pathetic. Um, I, I just, I cannot in good conscience, and this is another example, I think, of the Dems' incompetence. And we'll see how history is written on this, but um, I think the mainstream media sucks. Um, I think you get a lot of these people that are overeducated but totally gutless cowards, and they're not willing to tell the truth, and they're willing to do the government's bidding. And not ask any questions. I have to go to rt.com for any semblance of some information. But don't worry, I'm not blindly following them either. I'm just simply asking questions. Everything we say should be questioned. Everything we should say should be checked. And I hope we can have a debate um, on this. So, you know, friends, I hate to be all piss and vinegar tonight. Um, but I think these are important questions that we need to discuss. This is a special episode of the Rocky Cast. I'm going to later on when we do. Um, and I'll, I'll continue to do some inspiring stuff on books and stoicism and dieting and all that good stuff. But I think, you know, we need to have these discussions. And I think uh, I feel for Jack Tixera tonight. Uh, I think he is being um, identified as public enemy number one. And let's put it so I think he's a lot more of a hero than a lot more like Daniel Ellsberg than we want to uh, admit. So, friends, I hope you learned something in this episode of the Rackney Cats. Um, I don't have a huge following. I appreciate and every one of you that's listening this far. Please continue to give me positive reviews on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all places where podcasts are shown and heard. Thank you. We're going to continue to have a lot of fun. Continue to tune in. We're going to, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to share a lot. And we're going to laugh a lot on the Rocky Cast. We're going to continue to important 
cover important topics that matter to you. Until we see each other again next time, friends, on the Rockman Cast.